Last Sunday night, we were really blessed to have uh, Don and Billy come and uh, Dixon to come. They've just come off the mission field from Portugal. And I really appreciate their hearts as they shared and uh, told us what God's up to in Portugal. And also told us they took early retirement and to keep them in prayer. Uh, We enjoyed, we met with them at Shoney's for a brief time before uh, the service last Sunday night. And he had shared with me that uh, he was on staff before he went on the mission field in a church that worked with singles. And, you know, he said a lot of times in church, we focus a lot on the family structure and on marriage. But if we're not careful, we forget about the people who they haven't been married or they've been married and they've gone through a divorce and now they're single. And I want to just take a moment before I even dive in this message. I don't want you to feel like you're forgotten. Or that somehow you are inferior or you are less. Because at this time in your life you're not in a marriage relationship. These principles that are mentioned here in actuality guys. It is part of what it means to follow Jesus. I think these principles over arch can, can be shared. And we're going to look at that this morning. But I just wanted to say a word before I jump into these principles to you who aren't in a marriage relationship right now, who are here. I, I don't want, sometimes I almost feel like we don't mean to, but we just forget those of us who are married. And we don't want you to feel like a second rate citizen or something in the body of Christ. You matter, you matter deeply. And I just share, let's share a piece with you as I jump into this on uh, marriage. It's one thing to have a wedding. I've entitled this Hope Beyond the Wedding. Because you have a wedding, that's great to have a wedding, but then the life starts together. And, and so read this piece to you uh, from Joe Altrich's book, Secrets to Inner Beauty. He says, one of the most clever Volkswagen ads shows an impeccable little car with a flat tire. And the caption reads, nobody's perfect. When two imperfect people fall in love, strange things happen. Logic and rationality go out the window. Blindness sets in. Overcome with ecstatic paralysis, they float away on their cloud built for two. Marriage, however, has a way of ending this glowing period of simulated perfection. Where two or more are gathered together, someone's going to have a flat tire. It does not take long for the newlyweds to discover that everything in one person, nobody has got. They soon learn that a marriage license is just a learner's permit love that line. And they ask with agony, is there life after marriage? An old Arab proverb states that marriage begins with a prince kissing an angel and ends with a frog. Uh, Excuse me, no. Ends with a bald-headed man looking across at the table at a fat lady. Okay. Socrates once told his students, by all means marry. If you get a good wife, twice blessed you'll be. If you get a bad wife, you'll become a philosopher. (laughs) But with that said, as you look at this section of Scripture, it really goes all the way back to chapter 2, verse 13. Um, As it goes back there, he says, Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men. He talks about submit. To the government. To the institution. And and then he goes down a couple of verses. um, To verse 18. He says slaves submit yourselves to your masters. 
In other words, submit yourself in a difficult situation to the one who has authority over you, even though it's painful and even though it's a time of suffering. And then in verse 23, it tells us about our Lord. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate when he suffered. He he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. And so there is this picture of submission, this picture of being a servant in our relationships. And then it comes to this most intimate of all relationships in God's design, which is marriage. And I want to spend just a little bit of time. I know time gets away real quick. Just these principles here. And let me just jump in here. He starts out with these principles addressed to the wife. And the first one here I've entitled to analyze your actions. Verses 1 and 2. He talks about the wives. He says in the same way. How is that? Well, has already has been shared submissive in our relationships be, be submissive to your husbands so that any of them do not believe the word they may be won over without the words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives as he shares here he he says it, it's not your words alone man it's the way you love him this is not addressed to Husbands who love Jesus, who are on fire for God. But this is a wife who finds herself with a husband who is not in love with Jesus. Who's not in love with God. And what is she supposed to do? And the advice that God gives to Peter that is shared with us. He he says, uh, your behavior, win them over. Not merely with your words, but with your actions Love them with that kind of a love. With that kind of a a love. Uh, Ruth Graham had once said about uh, her husband Billy. She said, uh, it's my job to love Billy. It's God's job to make him good. I can't remember who it was. Someone has said the only time you can change a man is when he's a baby. You know, this idea of how we're going to fix everybody and how we're going to change them and that's what God does. He changes us. Uh, we, we, we're all a mess. I say that over and over. George Mueller, a guy we often quote who started an orphanage and for over 30 years he never asked for money to support the orphanage and money just kept coming in. Kids just kept being fed and he just is amazing how he trusted God and how God worked. But he also writes a story in one of his books about this uh, German couple And uh, this lady, she loved the Lord, but her husband didn't. What he loved was to get drunk and go to the bar. And one night he was at the bar, and and he was he was drinking with some of his buddies, and he they were complaining about women. He said, "Well, he said my woman, she does what I want her to do. She knows her place." Says, "I matter of fact, even though it's one in the morning, I guarantee you, we'd go to the house, and I could say." Cook us something to eat and she'd fix us a meal. No, no way. Yeah. So they go to his house, knock on the door. And she comes to the door. What's wrong? What's wrong? Honey, we need something to eat. Fix us something to eat. So without a word, she goes and she prepares a meal. And they sit down at the table. And she says, uh, it's late. I'm going to go to bed. It's good to meet you. And she goes to bed. And they all sit down at this meal. And the guy looks at him and said, You're a jerk. How could you treat such a beautiful woman that way? 
And so he gets up from the table and he walks out. The next guy says, yeah, you are a jerk. And he gets up and leaves. And then the third guy, he just shakes his head. Gets up and leaves the guy at the table. Nobody's ate the meal. And all of a sudden he thinks, I am a jerk. And so he gets up. He goes in the room. And he just starts weeping. And he says, honey, I've made a mess out of my life. and Out of our marriage. And I need what you have. And she led him in a prayer to receive Jesus Christ into his heart. And he was changed. He was transformed. You say, wow, that's extreme stuff. Yeah, I know. That's how God worked in that instance. And and he often works not when we try to manipulate, not when we try to take control of the situation, but as we get serious about our walk with a living God. And as we're willing not to force our way or, or to have our way, but to trust him. All right, next piece of advice here. I know time flies here. Second piece of advice, watch your adornment. Look at verse 3. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair and the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. The idea of being beautiful, it's, I don't want to say it's not important. What you wear, look, you know us guys, we're visual. We love it when you make an effort to look good. We love that. I had a teacher in college who used to say, you know, even a barn needs a coat of paint. And, uh, the, the, you know, we love it when, when, when you, you care about how you look. But there's so much more. What makes a strong marriage is a beauty that's not just on the outside. It's on the inside. Uh, that be on the outside. Let me just say a word here. I'm not about, I don't want to give, I mean, it's dumb for me to say I'm going to give you ladies fashion advice anyway. Sometimes I can't even match my own clothes. So I'm not going to jump out and, and all of that. But the one thing I will say, um, outward beauty, may it be a focus on your beauty and not your body. We live in a culture where it's like, you know, if you want the attention, then let your body be seen. But there's more. There's a beauty that's just beeyond that. And, and I, I, I'll just leave it at that. But, th- but this inner beauty that's that shared, uh, it, it's to not be pushy. It, it's not to demand your way. It, it's a quiet adornment. Um, he says the purity and, and the reverence of your lives. Um, I, I love it here. One commentator uh, he, he said from Matthew 5, 5, this word is used where Jesus says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. It's that idea of a gentle spirit. It's that idea of power that's under control. And the word picture often uses of a wild horse that is broken so that it can be of use to a rider. So, so it's a picture, not that there's no strength, but that strength knows when to be used. And here's how one commentator said, I love this, he, He said, uh, it means basically, blessed are those who are always angry at the right time and never the wrong time. It's a picture here of of knowing when anger is the appropriate action. Um, It says, Peter pictures a woman who's in control of her emotions and her actions. Instead of blowing up over issues, she's calculative. She ponders her responses. Is this just my opinion or is this something God would be angry about. 
What maturity. What maturity. And then to be quiet. It's you know not the idea of you know. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let him know how I feel. And let him know how I feel. And let him know how I feel. No. It's not to beat him to submission with your words. It says in Proverbs 10. 19. When words are many, sin is not absent. But he who holds his tongue is wise. So it's an inner beauty that has a servant's heart. And knows how to trust God. And makes an impact in trusting God. Alright, last one here. After checking the attitude, the final counsel is to evaluate your attention. And in verses 5 and 6, the example of Sarah is used... It says, uh, this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to make themselves beautiful. They were submissive to their own husbands, like Sarah who obeyed Abraham and called him her master. You who are daughters, if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Of course, there's an emphasis here where this is so often misinterpreted, where it's talking about a man who, you know, has complete control and, uh, you know, he's the, the master and the head honcho and... And that's not the picture here. It's a picture of a woman who's willing to let her husband lead. It's a picture of a woman who's attentive enough to learn who he is. To give him attention. To respect him. That's the the picture that that is being shared in, in in that quality. I'm going to spend a little bit of time on husbands as I move. It's just a single verse here, but we've got three points here. We're going to get out of that single verse. <laughs> husbands, in the same way, be considered as you live with your wives. Treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. First, uh, live with your wives. The word uh, translated live here. Live in harmony means to dwell together with. Um, the picture here is that uh, they are to actually be there. Now, this seems like a simple truth, but do you really spend time together? You know, sometimes your job can take you away. Uh, sometimes different interests can take you away. Uh, you know, we all have the leisure things we like to do, but how much time do you spend with her? Are you with her? Are you? It's not to be her job to build harmony in that relationship. It's not to be her job alone to bring you close together. Guys, it's our job to love her. It's our job to spend time with her. And no matter how much you say you love her, she never sees you. She's going to wonder. So that's the picture. That's the picture. Um, second... Uh, to know your wife. To know her. Um, notice as the text reads. He, he says. Uh, tr- um, be considerate. As you live with your wives. To be considerate. Which, which means. Take the time. To really know her. Um, just listen to her. Do you demand your way? Are you always in control of the remote control? Is the movie you have to see always your choice? Is the restaurant you go to always what you want? 
Do you ever stop and say, what do you want to do, honey? How can we be closer together? And build that. Know her. Know who she is. Uh, don't treat her as she's not there. Be aware of her. That's what, he, what he's saying. And then the last one here, um, to respect her. To grant her honor. To grant her honor. Notice what the text says here. Um, to treat her with respect as a weaker partner. And as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life, so that nothing can hinder your prayers. Respect her. Man, this idea of the weaker partner thing, it, you know, I, it drives, I'll be honest, guys, it just drives me crazy this age we live in. I, I just heard a week or two ago that now all combat positions in the military have been open to women. So we're going to make women warriors just like guys. And, and, you know, I don't have much time to even get, I know I'm about running out of time. Do we really want our daughter? It's somebody's daughter. Do we want our daughter there? To be captured by an enemy? These people who want to deny that this new term, gender neutral, this idea of transgender that anybody can go in the same bathroom and, and there's no such thing as different gender. Are we nuts? It's not the, the, the age that I, I grew up in. And, and I read just recently at the University of Tennessee, they've come up with this idea of getting rid of gender pronouns. And they call them gender neutral pronouns. So instead of him and her, they're going to use terms like Z and Zer and XYR, however you would pronounce that. Look, he, he says, do not treat her as somehow weaker but God has given a role for her and a role for the man and it's a beautiful way that they come together and it's not that one's weaker than the other they have value don't consider that as weaker as God's design as his gift to make the family work as he means it to work that's that's what he's talking about here guys treat her with that respect she's precious in God's sight is she your princess your queen She's God's princess. What about you? Is she adored by you? That's, that's what he's getting at. And he's saying, when you don't do that, your prayer life is hindered. The picture here is of a race. And the guy's running. He's making headway. And he gets cut off as the guy comes in his lane and breaks his stride so he can't run. Don't let the stride of your race with God be broken by the way you treat your, your spouse. Be a, a sense of respect. Um, and so as he comes with that, he, he gives us this advice of how we're to, to treat our wives. Now, as I kind of started this thing, these same principles that are so demonstrated in the marriage relationship with husbands and wives, the truth is we will be submissive in all of our relationships. And we're about to move into the Lord's Supper. And here's the thing, guys. In Ephesians chapter 5, there is a parallel where marriage and a Christian's relationship with the Lord Jesus are paralleled. And the picture here is that there is Jesus Christ who gave up everything. All of His so-called Right, to go to the cross to die for you. 
And the picture here is, is, is just like a wife is, is able to follow her husband because she knows without a shadow of a doubt, man, he loves me and he will do what is best for me regardless of what it will cost him. The, the picture is, that's Jesus. We can follow Jesus and we can trust Jesus because quite honestly, he loves us completely. And so when we think of the Lord's Supper and as we take time to partake, of the wafers and of the juice of his body, his blood, that demonstrates his perfect love. And he said, do this in remembrance of me. So let's prepare our hearts as as the deacons to come forward and we prepare the table. Yet, not only don't trust me with uh, how to dress, but as we partake of these wafers, um, that's real sacrifice. His body was broken for you. May we remember that. I'm going to ask Thomas to lead us in prayer. Father, thank you for the love and the example you give us as ones that are... You loved us, Father, with the love you have. We love the church with the love of our Father. And it's an amazing example that you set. And as we partake of the bread, we eat and as we drink, Father, we pray that you had to give your life. You lived perfectly throughout your life. Willingly gave yours, and we're to remember that and take that. Pray that we prepare our hearts for this um, sacred moment. That it's truly something to uh, remember you.
that very night, Jesus took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. The Bible says that we are saved not with what is perishable but is imperishable through the precious blood of Christ. There is only one sacrifice worthy. Jesus is his name. And as we partake of the cup, we honor him. Scotland. We'll ask Alan to lead us in prayer. Taking the cup, Jesus said, this signifies a new covenant, one that was made in my blood. And so we partake, remembering that Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Let's stand and join hands. Find a hand and let's just sing, Jesus loves me.